Welcome to episode one of this series of podcasts on the government's new proposals on disclosure of transfers of value by the life sciences industry to healthcare professionals and healthcare organisations. I'm Chris Bates, Senior Associate in the Life Sciences Regulatory Team at Bristow's. And I'm Vivian Zhu, an Associate in Bristow's Data Protection Team. So, Chris, what is it that we're talking about today? In short, the Department of Health and Social Care has commenced a public consultation on the introduction of a statutory regime which will make it mandatory for life sciences companies to disclose financial and non-financial transfers of value to individuals and organisations in the healthcare sector. This proposed statutory regime is as yet unnamed. We'll be referring to it as the statutory disclosure regime. DHSC's proposals for the statutory disclosure regime are impressively broad. We'll get into the detail of the proposed regime in the next episode, but to give you a taste of the scale of the proposed regime. The life sciences companies which will be required to disclose transfers of value will be manufacturers and commercial suppliers of pharmaceuticals, medical devices, in vitro diagnostics, and certain so-called borderline products, which are food or cosmetics products listed on the drug tariff for reimbursement and used in the healthcare setting. Parent companies and subsidiaries of such companies will also have to disclose transfers of value to to UK HCPs and organisations. The range of relevant individuals and organisations in the healthcare sector, transfers of value to to whom will need to be disclosed, is also significant. Obviously, individuals and organisations in the healthcare sector captures doctors, nurses, hospitals and GP clinics. Perhaps less obviously, such individuals and organisations which operate in the private sector will also be caught. It is also proposed that relevant organisations could include clinical research organisations, professional bodies with responsibility for training healthcare professionals, such as the Royal Colleges, and patient advocacy organisations. Okay, wow. So it sounds like the scope of this regime is going to be really broad. Is all of this completely new? Because it sounds like quite a dramatic proposal if it's coming out of the blue. It's certainly broad, but it's not really unexpected. DHSC was granted the power to legislate for this kind of regime in the Health and Care Act 2022, and it implements a key recommendation from the Cumberledge Review, which proposed greater transparency for potential conflicts of interest. More recently, we started hearing rumours that DHSC was planning to make use of this power. Perhaps more importantly, disclosures of transfers of value in the healthcare sector is not really new for life sciences companies. To date in the UK, life sciences companies have not been obliged by law to publicly disclose transfers of value. However, in order to support compliance with anti-bribery and anti-corruption legislation, many, if not most, life sciences companies voluntarily comply with industry body codes of practice, such as the ABPI code of practice for the pharmaceutical industry, the ABPI code, and the ABHI code of ethical business practice, the ABHI code. Disclosures of transfers of value in the healthcare sector is a common feature of such codes, especially of the ABPI code, and it's a feature which goes back some years For instance, for some time, the ABPI code has required members to publicly disclose a list of the patient organisations to which they provided financial or non-financial support. The scope of such disclosure obligations then expanded rapidly over the following years. Now, ABPI members and other companies that uh, comply with the code must disclose more or less all individual transfers of value to healthcare professionals, healthcare organisations and other relevant decision makers who could influence the purchase or prescription of medicinal products. They must also disclose aggregate transfers of value to members of the public, including journalists, for certain contracted services, such as speaking at meetings and participating in advisory boards. 
as such, the pharma industry has a great deal of accumulated experience in dealing with disclosure of transfers of value in the manner which will be required by the statutory disclosure regime. Okay, that's a really good point. So this concept isn't really new for the pharmaceutical industry, or at least the companies that comply with the ABPI code or the FPA disclosure code. You mentioned another industry code, though, the ABHI code. Perhaps you could explain to our listeners what that is. So the ABHI code is the main industry code of practice for the medtech sector in the UK, at least for manufacturers of general medical devices as opposed to in vitro diagnostics. The disclosure obligations under the ABHI code are much less extensive than under the ABPI code, as in the code for the pharmaceutical industry. So the medtech industry will have less experience with disclosing of transfers of value than the pharma industry. The impact of the statutory disclosure regime on medtech specifically is something we'll talk about in detail in episode three of this podcast. But it's fair to say that medtech would have more work to implement disclosure schemes compliant with the statutory disclosure regime. Okay, that's really interesting. So safe to say that medtech would need to do a lot of work to ensure that its processes and procedures are up to scratch when the statutory disclosure regime comes in. I mean, it's not going to be plain sailing for pharma either, though, is it? No, pharma companies will need to make sure that the existing processes and procedures that they have in place are compliant with the new requirements of the statutory disclosure regime. And while ensuring that they also remain compliant with the requirements of data protection law. I mean, I guess, unsurprisingly, when you start publishing on the internet personal information relating to individual healthcare practitioners, like their full name and the amount of money that you've paid them for work that they've done for you, that GDPR has something to say about that. Presumably, given how disclosure of transfers of value under the ABPI code has developed over the time, the data protection compliance measures that pharma companies have had to adopt have evolved as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the fundamental requirements of GDPR is that you need to have an appropriate lawful basis for processing of personal information. So processing could include collection, storage and disclosure. So clearly companies are processing personal information when they publicly disclose information relating to transfers of value. And the lawful basis which you select for processing personal information needs to be reflected in related documentation, such as a privacy notice that you provide to data subjects. So there are a number of lawful bases for processing personal information under the GDPR. But the one which pharma companies have traditionally relied on for disclosing transfers of value under the ABPI code was consent. Um, So in this case, it was consent from the individual healthcare professionals. There are, however, some problems when relying on consent in this context. So firstly, the fact that it can be withdrawn or never even given in the first place, which would make it impossible for a pharma company to comply with the ABPI code without breaching GDPR. I mean, secondly, consent needs to be recorded and such records can be lost or misplaced. And thirdly, GDPR sets a really high bar for what constitutes valid consent, which needs to be specific, informed and freely given. So as a result of these problems with relying on consent, the ABPI now recommends that companies rely on legitimate interests as a lawful basis instead of consent, which are subject to different requirements. So for example, the company's legitimate interests must override the rights of the individual healthcare professional in order to rely on legitimate interests. And usually this has to be documented in a legitimate interest assessment, or LIA. Healthcare professionals must also be informed of their right to object or to opt out to processing of the data on the basis of legitimate interests. And this can be done via a privacy notice. So many farm companies have made that transition, but others are still relying on consent, either deliberately or because they've forgotten to update their templates. So with the advent of the statutory disclosure regime, We think many pharma companies will likely now make the move to rely on compliance with the statutory obligation as a lawful basis instead for processing in the context of disclosing transfers of value. 
this will likely require another change of documentation. Perhaps you can walk us through what those changes will entail in the next episode, where we'll dive into more of the specifics of the statutory disclosure regime. Yeah, absolutely. And in the meantime, if you want to listen to more engaging and insightful podcasts on legal trends in the life sciences and tech sectors, why not check out some of Bristow's other podcasts? Great idea. Thanks for listening.